0: Indeed, God is good. We praise Him and worship Him today. Just a heads up, Brother Reisinger, Brother Zach, when I wrap up my sermon, can you guys sing that again? You ever put a song on repeat because it moved you in a certain way? Well, I have a message this morning that I started off really excited about. And um, you know what? the more that I studied, the more I became horrified. And I realized it's important to share the truth about who God is, but then also to keep it in balance. And in God's providence, that song is the perfect introduction to this message, and I think it would be the perfect conclusion to this message. Speaking of who God is and all of his goodness, one phrase there was about, I don't understand. Well, This morning as we do a survey of the scriptures of one particular phrase, this phrase, that ye may know, know that I am the Lord. That phrase appears all through our Old Testament. That ye may know that I am the Lord. And when we go back and we look at the context of that phrase, the significance of that song will carry a greater, greater and deeper meaning as we realize who we are before a holy, righteous Almighty God, but one who loved us and one who became our Savior. The phrase, know that I am the Lord, it occurs over and over in our Bibles. Have you ever heard it? Well, in Bible Hour, two weeks ago, God used that in speaking to King Ahab. Remember that? King Ahab was dealing with a foreign king, a foreign nation, who was causing a lot of trouble. And God needed to have a theology lesson, both for Israel and also for the Syrians. Take your Bibles and turn with me to Exodus chapter six. Exodus chapter six is the first place in our Old Testament where we find this phrase. Chronologically, we find it in Job, but um, in our Bibles, they're laid out in order, we find it in Exodus. Exodus chapter six, in verse seven, God is speaking to Moses, and he says to Moses regarding the children of Israel, I will take you to me for a people, and I will be to you a God, and ye shall know that I am the Lord your God, which bringeth you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. And I will bring you into a land concerning the which I did swear to give to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, and I will give it you for an heritage. I am the Lord. God says, I am. You see there the phrase, I am the Lord. Notice in your Bibles that the Lord in both of these verses is all caps. That carries significance just curious, how many of you know the significance behind that way of writing it? Okay, most of you do. To refresh you and to teach others who don't know, when you see that in your Bible, it's a way that the translators are giving you a hint about what is in the Hebrew. Now, most of us don't know Hebrew, so we need some help. So God the, the, the translators in translating the name of God, the name Jehovah, which means I am that I am, has chosen to mark it in this way. So throughout our Old Testament, when we see all caps l-O R D, it is the name Jehovah, or that means I am that I am. And so, in all of this question, in this phrase, that ye may know that I am the Lord is literally saying that ye may know that I am that I am. He is the one who is. He always has been, he is, and he always will be. He is the one who is self-existent. He is the one who had no beginning. He was not created. He is the one by whom all things consist. He's the one who created everything and consists all things and sustains all things. He is the I am. It's really, it's it's something that is very, very difficult to explain. He's everything. He's everything. And here he is telling the nation of Israel that he wants them to know who he is. And one way he's going to prove it is by bringing them up out of the land of Egypt. But not only is Israel going to know that the Lord is the Lord, that the Lord is the I am. So are the Egyptians. Look with me over at chapter 7 and verse 5. It says here, And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I stretch forth mine hand upon Egypt and bring out the children of Israel from among them. Now, in context... We find out that God is making this promise and making this statement immediately after he has warned Moses that Pharaoh will not listen. That Pharaoh will be stubborn and hard and will not let the people go. And he will bring forth great judgments. See the last phrase. Or let's let's just look back here in verse 4. For Pharaoh shall not hearken unto you that I may lay my hand upon Egypt and bring forth mine armies and my people, the children of Israel, out of the land of Egypt by great judgments. Then he says, and the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord. This introduction of this concept carries all through the Old Testament. Do you know what is frequently accompanied with knowing that the Lord is God? Judgment. Judgment. This phrase throughout the Old Testament is intimately tied to judgment. And you might be sitting there saying, Oh, wait wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I just heard that song where they were singing, You Are God, and about His compassion, and about His mercy, and about His salvation. And you know what? You're right. He is a God of compassion. He is a God of mercy. But what makes his mercy and his compassion so marvelous is the fact that he is also a righteous God. He is a God who has established what is right and what is wrong. He is a God who has true justice. Shall the judge of all the earth do right? Abraham asked. But he didn't ask it as a question, not knowing what the answer was. He asked it rhetorically, for the answer is obviously unknown. Yes, 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 he will do right. He is a judge. And when we know that the Lord God is a judge, and then we know him as a savior and one who is compassionate and merciful then his compassion and his mercy will burst forth as that song burst forth in praise and honor to our God for how great is his mercy i'd like to just read through many 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 of the of the records and the references that God used throughout the old testament in conveying to people, to man, that he is the Lord. And to put it bluntly, I was kind of excited about this because when I first started into this, I'm like, oh, this could be great. I'm going to get to know God. And so I began to search for this phrase, and I wanted to study this phrase and see how this phrase was used throughout the Bible. And I had a notion of how I thought it would be used throughout the Bible. And then I started reading, like you know, I wanted to to eiseget it. You know what that means? That means I wanted to take my own perceptions and I wanted to force it into the phrase. But as I actually began to read the phrase and the context of the phrase throughout the Old Testament, I realized that when God said this over and over and over and over, it was in the context of judgment. And that didn't fit my flowery, wonderful view of the phrase. I mean, I thought this was going to be a nice, beautiful Christmas time message. And the truth is, I'm afraid I might cause your ears to tingle. And it's not very pleasant if we only look at it in the context of judgment. Let's read some verses. Exodus 6, 7, we just read of how God is speaking of the fact that he's going to deliver the children of Israel out of Egypt, that Israel might know that he is the Lord. Egypt and the Egyptians and Pharaoh who are going to be stubborn, they will know that God is the Lord. I mean, in in chapter 7, in verse 17, it says, Thus saith the Lord, in this thou shalt know that I am the Lord. Behold, I will smite with the rod that is mine hand upon the waters which are in the river, and they shall be turned to blood. Imagine you walk up to someone and say, know the Lord, and to show you who the Lord is, I'm going to judge and turn all the waters in the land of Egypt to blood. Hmm. Chapter 8, verse 22. And I will sever in that day the land of Goshen, in which my people dwell, that no swarm of flies shall be there. To the end, thou mayest know that I am the Lord in the midst of the earth. Here's the contrast of it. God is saying to the Egyptians on one plague, I'm going to turn all the water to blood so that you'll know that I am the Lord. Then he brings swarms of flies across the entire land of Egypt, and he says to Israel, who were in the land of Goshen, so that you know that I am the Lord, the flies are going to be in all of Egypt, but not in the land of Goshen. Here you can see a, a mercy as is being described here. Then we go on in Exodus chapter 14 of verse 4. And God says, I will harden Pharaoh's heart that he shall follow after them. And I will be honored upon Pharaoh and upon all his host that the Egyptians may know that I am the Lord. Here, it says that God hardened Pharaoh's heart. A fascinating study of how God hardened Pharaoh's heart that we don't have time for this morning, but it's it's really where God strengthened his heart. And if Pharaoh chose to do right, he would have had the strength to do what was right. But instead, he used that strength that God gave him in hardening his heart to go do wickedness. And God here strengthens his heart and that's exactly what Pharaoh does. Is He goes and he pursues after the children of Israel. And God is saying here, I'm going to be honored. And you remember the history, right? What happened? The children of Israel go into the Red Sea, which has been parted for them. And they walk upon dry land through the Red Sea. Pharaoh pursues after them into the Red Sea. And the waters come down upon them. And Pharaoh and all of the Egyptians that day seen perished. And they knew, as God said, that I am the Lord. But it was too late to do anything about it. It was knowledge of God, the righteous judge, in the moment of judgment. In Exodus chapter 16 and verse 12, God says, I have heard the murmurings of the children of Israel. Speak unto them, saying, at even ye shall eat flesh, and in the morning ye shall be filled with bread, and ye shall know that I am the Lord your God. And you might say, oh, here's one. There's, there's no judgment here. And there wasn't until in the, in the impatience of the people, they began to consume that flesh raw. And God brought a judgment upon them. Here, a combination. God's provision for them to know. But they didn't really know God in that. Judgment they did. In Exodus chapter 29 and verse 46 says, And they shall know that I am the Lord their God that brought them forth out of the land of Egypt that I may dwell among them I am the Lord, their God. All the events of the Exodus was there to teach the children of Israel, both the judgments and in his provision, that he is the Lord. There are several here that I'll I'll skip through, but um, it's about knowing God. And some of them are dealing with provision and protection, and some of them are dealing with judgment. We go on to 1 Kings chapter 20, where we were two weeks ago. The Syrians are convinced that they lost the one battle because, well, God must be the God of the hills and not the God of the valleys. So they make his new strategy to fight against them in the valleys. And God makes the point to Ahab, I'm going to deliver you, not because Ahab is some righteous good king. I'm going to deliver you in this case so that I can teach you and the Syrians that I am the Lord. God says that. In Exodus 20:13 behold I will deliver into thine hand this day that thou shalt know that I am the Lord A judgment upon the Syrians was used to teach Ahab that God is God He is the I am Isaiah 49 it becomes a little uncomfortable, it speaks of the kings and the judgment upon them, and the nations who have oppressed Israel throughout this chapter, and it speaks of how God will bring judgment upon them, and how it will be that he will deliver his own people, and he says there again, and thou shalt know that I am the Lord. In Ezekiel chapter 6 and verse 7, it says, And the slain shall fall in the midst of you, and ye shall know that I am the Lord. Ezekiel 6.10, And they shall know that I am the Lord, and that I have not said in vain that I would do this evil unto them a judgment that comes upon them. Same chapter, a few verses later. Then shall ye know that I am the Lord, when their slain men shall be among their idols, round about their altars, upon every high hill and in the tops of the mountains, and under every green tree, and under every thick oak, the place where they did offer sweet savor to all their idols. So I will stretch out my hand upon them and make the land desolate, yea, more desolate than the wilderness toward Dibleth and their inhabitations and they shall know that I am the Lord. Ezekiel chapter 7. And mine eyes shall not spare thee, neither will I have pity, but I will recompense thy ways upon thee and thine abomination shall be in the midst of thee and ye shall know that I am the Lord. Ezekiel 7, 9. And mine eyes shall not spare, neither will I have pity. I will recompense thee according to thy ways and thy abominations that are in the midst of thee. And ye shall know that I am the Lord that smiteth. Chapter 7, verse 27. The king shall mourn, and the princes shall be clothed with desolation, and the hands of the people of the land shall be troubled. I will do unto them after their way, and according to their deserts I will judge them, and they shall know that I am the Lord. Ezekiel eleven ten. Ye shall fall by the sword. I will judge in the border of Israel, and ye shall know that I am the Lord. Ezekiel eleven twelve, 12. And ye shall know that I am the Lord, for ye have not walked in my statutes, neither executed my judgments, but have done after the manners of the heathen that are round about you. In the context of falling by the sword. Chapter 12, verses 15 and 16. And they shall know that I am the Lord when I scatter them among the nations and disperse them in their countries. But I will leave a few men of them from the sword, from the famine, and from the pestilence, that they may declare all their abominations among the heathen, whether they come. And they shall know that I am the Lord. Are your ears tingling? Mine are. I don't like these verses. That that one is interesting, contrasting verses 15 and 16. You see, over and over and over, we're reading about they'll know that I am the Lord. But but did you see what happened? They had to die to know it, which is pretty profound. What does it tell us in the New Testament? That it is appointed unto men once to die and then the judgment. How can I tell you ahead? You know what the lesson here is today? Know God before it's too late. Know that he is the judge of all the earth, that he is righteous and holy. Know that he is also good, merciful, and compassionate, that he is the one who is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance, that all should trust in him and find salvation and hope, both in this life, and for all eternity. Here we see in verses 15 and 16, there's, there's this, these being scattered, and there's, and there's some he's going to leave who, 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 who will be spared from the sword and from the famine and from the pestilence. And, and he's sparing them. He's, he's implying here that they deserve to be, to be slain, just like the others. But, but he spares them so that they might tell others, that they might declare all their abominations among the heathen, whether they come, that they shall know that I am the Lord. They're looking for these people to confess their abominations that has brought about this abomination, being scattered abroad to the nations. Why are the Jews? Why are the Jews scattered abroad? Why are the Jews oppressed here in Babylon and and in Assyria? And Why are they oppressed and scattered all over everywhere? Well, God's goal is, is to getting their attention and the one whom he spares is that they may realize and actually know him and confess and declare to God and to the world who he is. We're not done in chapter twelve. Continues on if the cities that are inhabited shall be laid waste, and the land shall be desolate, and ye shall know that I am the Lord. Ezekiel has a lot of it, as well as Isaiah. He he continues on and on and on. If you have have an electronic device that has a Bible on it, do a search for the phrase, know that I am the Lord, and, and you will see it over and over, this judgment. Looking at chapter 15, well, I, I, just, I just want to keep reading these. It's, it's, a, it's an aspect of, of, of overwhelming sense of, of who is God? Why does God want these people to know who he is? But yet, all of this is so much in the context of judgment. Ezekiel, Ezekiel 14, and I will set my face against that man, and I will make him a sign and a proverb, and I will cut him off from the midst of my, my people. That means he died. And ye shall know that I am the Lord. Ezekiel 15:7, "And I will set my face against them, they shall go out from one fire, and another fire shall devour them. And ye shall know that I am the Lord, when I set my face against them." Ezekiel 16:62: The last phrase in Ezekiel: "And I will establish my covenant with thee, and thou shalt know that I am the Lord. Isn't that interesting? The theme has carried throughout Ezekiel, know that I am the Lord, know that I am the Lord. And over and over and over and over and over and over and over, it's judgment, judgment, judgment. You'll escape one fire to get consumed by another fire. But in the last mention of it, it is recalling a covenant that he has made with his people, a covenant he has made with them, and the establishment of this covenant so that they may know that he is the Lord. He speaks of so many things throughout Ezekiel as he continues on knowing and teaching them we we don't even it's just overwhelming as it continues and continues throughout all of this that I shall know I to know that I am the Lord judgment 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 throughout Ezekiel to know that I am the Lord now think about it if you were to go to someone and say know that the Lord is God do you think you'd do it like this? Have you ever thought about that? It's a piece of how we do need to witness. You see, the gospel is glorious because of this background. Because of the background that we are all sinners and that we all deserve judgment. We all deserve to be judged for our sins, but it doesn't have to be that way because God, even before the foundation of the world, saw who we were, who we would become, knew that we needed to be redeemed, knew that we needed to be saved, and he made a plan to send his only begotten son, the Lord Jesus Christ, the eternal word, to be born as a baby, to live a perfect and a sinless life, but then to be nailed to a cross and to die, to die as a sacrifice, to die as a substitute for me and for you. So that when he rose again three days later, he would have the authority and the power and the legal justification to forgive us our sins, to redeem us and buy us back, to save us. So when we want to introduce God to our children, to those around us, or know him better ourselves, we must know that he is a righteous God and that he is the judge of the whole earth. And he will judge righteously. So what's your relationship with him? Do you know him? Do you know him? And I don't mean just as a judge. Do you know him as the judge and do you know him as the savior do you know him as the savior take take your bibles and turn with me to psalm 46 psalm 46 is a combination of calamity and hope. It ends with hope. Look at verse 10, Psalm 4610. The psalmist writes, Be still. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Throughout the Bible, there's another phrase used, the day of the Lord also is accompanied with judgment for those who do not know him. They'll know him. There's another phrase that's used throughout the Bible, or a word that's used in relation to judgment, visitation. You ever heard that? Visitation. It is when judgment of God comes and visits a wicked person. Hebrews says that it is appointed unto men once to die, and after this the judgment. What we're seeing throughout all of this context is is that for some people, I mean, Pharaoh, for example, let's, let's take just him for an illustration. He knew who the Lord was. He was introduced to the Lord, at least intellectually, on the very first day that Moses met him. And it's very likely he knew who he was before that. He knew who the Lord was. But yet he didn't know who the Lord was until it was too late. Appointed unto men once to die, and after this, the judgment Are you prepared to meet God, to know him? And will you know him in that day as a judge executing righteous judgment? Or will you know him as a benevolent father who has poured out to you compassion, mercy, and grace? Through his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. We will all die. Then the judgment. How will we stand before him? My plea with you today is to learn from this history. And as your ears tingled hearing of the judgment and past, learn from it. Know that today I can know God. And when I know him today, and I put my faith and my trust in him today. When that day of judgment comes, he is my hope. He is my refuge. And so no matter what I face, and no matter what calamities come, that may be partly a judgment of God, Psalm 46.10, I can be still. Listen to this Psalm, chapter 46, Psalm 46. God is our refuge And strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, will not we fear, though the earth be moved and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof, there is a river. The streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacle of the Most High. God is in the midst of her; she shall not be moved. God shall help her, and that right early. The heathen raged; the kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice; the earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us; the God of Jacob is our refuge. Sila, think about it. Come, behold the works of the Lord; what desolations he made in the earth. He maketh wars to cease unto the end of the earth. He breaketh the bow and cutteth the spear in sunder. He burneth the chariot in fire. Be still. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. There's a lot there. All that calamity and trouble and things happening and dealing with Israel, and we don't have time today to go through all of it, but I I wanted to share with you in the aspect of here, if we know God now, that when the calamity comes, when the judgment comes, when the troubles come, we can be still. Men, could you come and sing that song again? And think about it. All through the history of the earth, since man sinned, God has had to deal with sin to teach them, to teach us how serious, serious sin is. But when we trust in him, when we hope in him, in the day of judgment, in the day of trouble, it won't matter because he will be our refuge. He will be our hope. Do we know him as God? And can we sing this song? distress, Lord, I cry to you. My soul is so weary with sorrow. Has the Lord forgotten to be gracious? Has his mercy gone? Like no other God And you are good Jesus, Messiah, has come to you Offering healing and comfort With his arms around you You are safe in his care It's to you that I sing. Your compassion and your mercy cannot be understood, for you are God, like no other God.
1: Peace is not.
0: one of you have a hope in God's goodness it is so glorious if this morning you don't have that hope and you've got questions I'll be in the back after the service and I'd love to answer your questions as best I can from the Bible God's word so that you in whatever calamities or in that day of judgment comes can sing that song hope because of Christ. Let's sing, Lincoln, could you come and lead us in a hymn? Let us praise him, for he is good. Let's join together in that song and follow up as we rest and hope in him.